Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Narrow Gate Podcast. Today, we're going to answer the question, how do you hear from God? How do you hear from God? Uh, if you hear other things in the background of this podcast, it's because I am doing this on a whim, spur of the moment. I'm also babysitting two little babies, literally babysitting. There's a six-month-old to my left, a seventh-month-old to my right. So if you hear cooing, crying, screaming, or even just some kind of bowel movement, that's because there's little babies. It's not me. Huh? It's little babies next to me. Anyway, how to hear from God. First of all, God is real. God is true. He's out there. And guess what? He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to. He wants you to know him because he already knows you. And he has your best interests in mind. And sometimes along the way, or at some point along the way, at some point along the way, God will speak to you. At some point along the way of life, God will speak to you. One of the biggest proponents of God, the uh, preachers of Jesus, his name is Paul, a man named Paul in the first century AD. He said that every person is without excuse. All of creation testifies to the fact there was one creator and he is God and he has the way of doing things. We all have a moral conscience we can feel within us, testifying God's reality. We understand right and wrong deep down, even though we don't want to do what's right all the time, but we definitely know when other people do wrong. God's real and he wants to speak to you. So does this little guy to my right, the seven month old. He definitely wants to speak to you. Maybe he wants, maybe he thinks he's talking to me, but God wants to speak to you and he has multiple ways of doing that. Uh, we can read from the Bible. The Bible is mankind's written account of God's interaction with man. Um, it's the revelation of God and the interaction with God through mankind so that man knows what God is talking about. So when God speaks to you or to anyone outside of what's been written down, it's going to correspond with what's been written down. So, and that's the first part is we have the Bible. The Bible talks about all the different ways in which God speaks, but the Bible is also the main way in which God speaks because God spoke to people and they wrote down what God spoke. They wrote down what God spoke so that for, for later generations and also themselves can remember this is what God said. This is what God means and this is God's heart. This is what he commands and this is what he's also foretelling in the future. He's, he's going to tell us what's going to happen in the future. So, with that in mind, that's the foundation of everything. God speaks to us through the written form of the Bible, the written form of what he said, that's the Bible. He speaks to us in dreams, he speaks to us in visions, he speaks to us through other people, and he speaks to us in what's called a rima word. People say it's like a still, small voice, almost like a mental whisper. And sometimes he'll even speak in an audible voice, that's been done also, but... Um, I don't think as common, but what I think doesn't matter. It's been done and it can be done again. So first and foremost, you want God to speak to you? He's already said a lot to you. He said 66 books, bookfuls of things to you through what's called the Bible. If you want to know what God says, read the Bible. That's the first and foremost thing, because if you hear God's voice or hear a voice or you're having a thought or something and you think it's God, well, see if it lines up with what's already been written about him. If it lines up with what's already been written from what God says, then yes, that is definitely from God. Okay. So first thing you want to do, if you want to hear from God, is read the Bible, read the Bible, study the Bible, and do everything God says in the Bible. Because God's not going to give you anything extra if you're not going to do what He said at first. It's kind of like um, if you want to, if if your kid wants to have a conversation with you, maybe your four year old wants a conversation with you. It's like, well, did I take, did I tell you to go pick up the toys? 
And the kid's like, uh, uh, yes, you did, but I just want to have a conversation. It's like, there's no conversation until you do what I first said. And God's similarly, but still, but a lot bigger, God's similar from the standpoint. He gave commandments. Do not lie. Do not steal. Do not lust over people. Commit adultery. Do not want what other people have. Don't worship anything other than him. Don't have idols, statues in your house. Uh, don't profane his name. Take him, take Jesus, take Jesus seriously. Take God seriously. Uh, rest on the seventh day, make it a holy day. All these different commandments and other commands, believe in his son, Jesus, and you will be saved from the penalty of your sins. All these things are commands that God says, this is first and foremost what I want you to do. After that, after that, uh, then we'll have a conversation. And that uh, kind of underwater gurgling sound is the seven-month-old. He's very verbose. Here he goes, ready? <laughs> there we go, hear that? I guess he wants to uh, talk about Jesus too. That's cool. So anyway, um, so that's the first and foremost thing. He says, if like, does God speak? Oh, yes, he does. He said so much. He said, I don't know how many words are in the Bible. Maybe it's millions, millions of words to you already. If you want to know what he says, read that, study that. How do I start? That's a different subject. Just read it. Read anywhere and keep going and don't quit. Read a little bit a day, just a little bit a day. You'll get the hang of it. And then you'll start to realize, Hey, I'm getting to know God. I'm starting to understand God. And then you'll know exactly what, whether or not it's him, if he speaks in any other way. Sometimes God will speak within the Bible, a special word. I'm going to give you an example of that. Um, and this is a, this little section is for those of you who do read the Bible and you understand things from God's word from, from the Bible. Um, so I, I was actually a facilities director at a church. Um, and the church had a Christian school that was associated with it. And so it was my job to basically make sure the grounds were well taken care of. Everything was working function, uh, yeah, functionally well. And that if someone had an issue, I'd fix it right away. That was my job. I was, I was doing that for a short time. And, um, and I was I was concerned about one area of the job that I, I wasn't aware of before I, I accepted it, and that was that every spring at the end of the the school year, the uh, the Christian school uh, elementary school does a major Shakespeare play production. Now I'm just going to tell you right now, Shakespeare is evil. And now this is how I know because according to God's word, things such as witchcraft, the occult, anti-Semitism, and just uh, just violence and aggression, <laughs> and all that stuff and immorality is um, is bad. And so Shakespeare's evil. And, and that was something that when I realized, wait a minute, my task is going to be doing, uh, make, uh, helping make that happen, making sure that that school has what it needs and helping set things up. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, and I, I, I'm, I don't like that. And so that was when, when I, when I had those thoughts, um, I was reading through the book of Isaiah and this was in February in 2020, February of 2020. Let me say it again, February of 2020. Some of you are like, Oh, that was the last month of the whole world as we know it. And it's true. You know, everything kind of changed because of COVID. And of course my concern at the time was, um, compromising, uh, my faith, compromising my beliefs that God had given me and compromising my morality, right? According to the Bible, not just my own thoughts, but things that, that that's on God's heart too. Shakespeare's evil folks. Shakespeare's evil. It's not wonderful literature. It's made from Satan. I'm just going to say that right now. He's anti-Semitic. He's Shakespeare was anti, was against the Jews and Jesus is a Jew. So if you're for Shakespeare, you're not for Jesus. Boom. There you go. There's a, a bonus uh, side note right there. Also on that side note, 
if you want to listen from God, read the Bible and stop reading fiction and stop reading literature. If you really want to know what God has to say, that's the most important thing you can read, then stop reading other literature. You heard me. I said that. All right, let's keep going. So I was concerned about being a part of that. And then I was reading Isaiah. I was reading Isaiah. And as I was reading, I came across this this, uh, this uh, section of, of the Bible in chapter seven of Isaiah. Isaiah was a it was a man who was a prophet to kings. Basically, God God gave him a word, and he was he was to tell people what God said. There you go. That's another way God speaks through people, right? <laughs> so, so then now there was a there was a king of ancient Israel, and this guy was wondering if he was going to survive being attacked by this group of people called the Arameans. He was afraid. He was scared out of his mind. He's like, oh no, the Arameans are coming up against my city. And God said to Isaiah, go now and meet with the king. Go meet with the king and tell him this message. So God said through Isaiah, he came up to the king and he said, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask for a sign so that you will know that God will keep you safe from this attack. Now, this man, is in, this king's name was Ahaz. He didn't care about God. He didn't really like God at all. He didn't obey God. And so, but, but suddenly he got religious. He's like, oh, I, I will not ask, for I will never test the Lord. He was already testing God in, to, in terms of not obeying God. And here he is saying, oh, I'm not going to even do what God says here and, give, and asking for a sign. Basically, the sign means asking for proof that what God says is true. So then, so then Isaiah gets upset. He's like, wow, you're really not going to ask for a sign. You're really not going to obey God and what he says with his commandments. And you're not even going to ask for a sign. You're not going to test God in this way. He says, I will give you a sign. Let me give you a sign. Here's the sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And he will call his, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Now, some of you who are familiar with this section will be like, oh, now it's a Christmas story. Isn't this wonderful? This is the context, folks. The context is the king was afraid of an attack. Isaiah said, here's a sign. The sign is that a virgin will give birth to a son. You'll name him Emmanuel. Basically, the sign is Jesus will be born. So the sign that God will keep his people safe is that he's sending his son down to earth to be miraculously born so he can save people from their sins. That's the sign. And so the sign was that, hey, you think this is bad, guess what? Everything's going to go well in the end. Everything's going to be okay because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. That's the sign that everything's going to be okay. And I felt like that was the message God was giving me, saying, like, don't worry. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay in the overall scheme of things because if you believe in Jesus, he'll save you from your sins, you'll go to heaven, and you'll reign with him forever. And I was like, oh, I get that. That's cool. And then I felt, I felt like through the passage, I got an extra word from God. And this is the word. The word was, everything you fear will be gone. And I said, um, cool. I get it. Because, you know, when Jesus comes or when I die, I'm going to heaven. Everything's going to be perfect when I die. Things will be okay then. And then I felt like God was saying to me, no, no. Everything you fear will be gone. Just like the passage said. And, and I thought, yeah, exactly. You know, when Jesus comes back and makes everything right, um, I get it. I get it. I just read it. That was the advice for the king of Israel. That's also the advice for me. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. And I felt like God was earnest. And he said, no, listen, everything you fear now 
will be gone. And I realized, wait a minute, this is from God. Now, one reason why I knew I was able to get a kind of that still small whisper through God's word is because I have God's Holy Spirit in me too. So God speaks to his own because I believe in Jesus. He's forgiven me. He doesn't count my sins against me. And I will be in heaven one day when I die. So so God speaks to me through his Holy Spirit in me as well, which is, you know, it's understatement of the century. It's pretty neat. Let's put it that way. Stinking awesome. Let's just say that. So I got that word within the context of the Bible, right? Because it didn't contradict what God said, but God said, here's a word for you from the Bible saying everything you fear will be gone. Now I didn't put two two together. I didn't realize what I was fearing other than I kind of felt it on a, you know, on day-to-day basis with all the other worries of life. But then COVID came, COVID came and suddenly all academic mass congregations were suddenly never meeting, right? They're like, they're indefinitely never going to meet. Suddenly the Shakespeare play was postponed. Suddenly it was postponed. It, 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 was, it wasn't going to happen this year. For the first time ever in the school's existence, it wasn't going to happen. The, the same year I started working at this church. So everything I feared about was gone. God honored my, my desire to honor him. I didn't have to do it. Now, I'm just going to say this. This church that I work for was awful. I'm just going to say that right now. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be divisive, but I just will be honest. Like when a church acts like a business, it's, it's, it's cold-hearted and cutthroat in terms of how they operate. They, their, their leaders are immoral. They don't really care about God as much as they just kind of want to do what they want. The congregates are kind of mean, petty, and snobby, and rich, and everything like that. It's pretty rough. I'm just going to be honest. This church was not good to work for. It was a miserable place. They were not kind to me. I expected I'd kind of uh, be embraced by a church family. It didn't feel like family at all. It was very mean. And, you know, there are so many churches that are not like that. There's so many churches that are not like that. And, and that, I kind of hold on to that hope of the fact that I've been to many churches that are all, they're very sweet and much more like Jesus' heart of loving people in this church was. Now, in March of 2020, my wife asked me a question saying, are we really going to co- go to this church long term? I said, I don't know. I'm working for it now. I'm going to stay here. And then she asked me, do you really want to be a part of the? Do you really want this church to be where you raise your family? And I said, no, right away. It was like it just popped out of my mouth because I realized, wow, I don't want to raise my family here. So not only did COVID help me uh, in just kind of not be able to do that Shakespeare play that would be compromising my faith, also it helped me say, you know what? I am actually going to leave. I'm not going to work here anymore. I'm not going to work here anymore. So, so I stopped working. I, I resigned. I got to spend time with my kids. Um, instead of sending my kids to daycare, I stayed home to keep them safe from the pandemic. And um, I stayed home so I can raise them instead of having other people raise them. I became a stay-at-home dad for my, for my kids um, for that season. And, and, and God really blessed it. God really blessed, it has really blessed my time as a stay-at-home dad, um, as well as, as leaving a, a church that I really wasn't, I really was uh, not, equ- uh, not united in. Let's put it that way. They didn't have the same biblical values I did, and that's saying something. So as you can see, when God said, all you fear will be gone, all you fear will be gone, that was a word that God spoke to me through his word, through a still small whisper. It came true. 
came true. That's another way you know God's speaking. If he said something that's foretelling the future and then it comes to pass, it happens, you know that was God. You know that was God. I mean, there, there are, um, people can make up the future. They can say, you will be visited by a guy with a duck on his head. And then they stage someone to put a duck on his head and walking around. And it's like, you know, people can stage the future. But things that are like impossible, things are miraculous. Um, there is only certain things that God can do. And if you read the Bible, you'll be able to pinpoint what's the difference between a man-made staging the future and what's God-made staging the future. So that's one way. God gives visions and dreams Normally, you'll know from the Bible that the guys who were disturbed by images were not that disturbing or barely disturbing. They were disturbed in their spirit. They're like, this dream means something different. That's from God. You know. Also, God can use people. God can use anybody. God used a donkey to speak to somebody. God used an evil man to preach the gospel and say that Jesus was going to uh, die for the sins of the people. That was Caiaphas, the high priest. God can use anybody, whether they're a good person or a not good person or even an animal. God can use anybody to speak his message. And if it coincides with what's God saying through his word or other patterns in your life, then you know it's from God. The more you read the Bible, the more you'll learn what God, God's patterns in terms of how he is. You'll understand that better if you read the Bible. I'm telling you, it's the foundation of listening to God and hearing from God and answering the question, how do you hear from God? So read the Bible. You can hear, if you hear a small whisper or a thought or something that, that you think, this seems different than just my own head. It could be from God. See if it's, it lines up with God's, with the Bible or, you know, ask somebody else who knows the Bible really well. Also in a dream or a vision, if it seems extra disturbing, it's like this just kind of means something. You know, then you can also seek help or you can pray about it. You can ask God, is this from you? I want to know. And God will send miraculous signs and patterns to determine that it's from him. Uh, and also God will speak through anybody. God will speak through anybody. You can even speak through a song. Um, but I don't count on that because God, don't rely upon your emotions and think that your emotions are God. Definitely not. God told me to buy a Lamborghini. Well, it sounds a little emotional to me and a little bit, <laughs> you know, a little bit. God says, do not love this world or the things of this world or the love of God and salvation is not in you. So if you're like, if you're like, God told me to just live it up. No, he didn't because he didn't say that in his Bible, right? So, but hopefully my example that I gave you is a good example of how God can speak through his word and a still small whisper based in his word. See, God used the passage saying, all you fear will be gone. All you fear will be gone. And guess, you know, based upon it was the same context that happened in the Bible, and God said, hey, hey, I'm highlighting this. This is not just for Isaiah and King Ahaz of ancient Israel. This is also for you right now in your life. So if you want to hear from God first, read the Bible, study the Bible, obey what God says in the Bible. Go from there. If you go from there and you do everything God says from there, you, you're on track to hearing what God has to say when he speaks in extracurricular ways, if you know what I mean. So that is the biggest thing I can give you right now and with an example of how that played out in a way that was not the Bible. So stay tuned to One Narrow Gate Podcast. I might have some more thoughts on this another time, but for now, that's all I have. God bless and enjoy. Stay safe and read the Bible. God wants to talk to you, and he already has.